Welcome to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Now your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Dave Bottom, the Chief Information Officer at the Securities and Exchange Commission. Dave, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Jason. I'm glad, glad to be with you this morning. Now, it's been a while since we talked. I think the last time we spoke, you were at, over at the Homeland Security Department, INA. Now you're over at the SEC. You've been there a couple years now, if I, if I remember correctly, maybe, maybe two. Is that right? Well, actually, you know, I just finished my first year. I started uh, with the SEC in uh, last January, January 5th, to, to be exact. So a, a, little, a little bit more than a year. All right. So I'm aging you. My, my apologies for that. But uh, I'm glad uh, you're able to take the time and talk today. We are talking about, in the first part of the show, about IT and business and, and kind of how they are coming together from a management perspective. So let's start right there. Let's discuss how you're managing IT as a business and where you and you know your CXO partners together, financial, obviously business views around investment pr projects, programs, how, how are you bringing that all together? One way to do, uh, go about that in, in the organization, which, which we are doing, is, is bring uh, together all of the CXO partners on a pretty regular basis to discuss just those aspects. Right? What, you know, what, what are the business needs? You know, what, what is the, you know, both the technology and the people? that we need and then well what are the financial implications of that so you know how we have that those deliberations in the SEC is is you know built around two schedules you know certainly one is the budget process budget planning process that uh, you know we we follow in the federal government right so making sure that we're having these conversations not not only in the in the year of execution but you know next year and and certainly the year after that as as we're building our recommendations for for the president's budget so you know, having those discussions in the context of those three years, I found is particularly at the SEC is, you know, is just critically important. And then as we go through the year of execution, so we do have a, a what we call an IT capital planning committee here, here at the SEC that, you know, manages all of that, uh, both the multi-year and, and the year of execution. So as we develop our plan uh, over the course of three, three years, we're managing the execution of that plan and then implications for that next year and, and for the year after. So as you might guess for, you know, we're just about at mid-year uh, you know, for this fiscal year. So, uh, you know, we'll be reassessing our plans and then the implications for FY22 and then, you know, working with uh, the agency leadership in terms of what our, you know, request is going to be for, for FY23. How often are you meeting with that CXO community? Is, is it monthly? Is it weekly? Is it more of an ad hoc, like, hey, we have a problem, let's meet, or a challenge or an opportunity? When I first got here, I recommended and the you know, CXOs agreed to a bi-weekly schedule as we set the day. You know, I, was, I was getting familiar with, familiar with the program, certainly with the business needs of the SEC. So uh, you know, the bi-weekly cadence was right. You know, to you know to put those initial plans into place. Now we're meeting. You know, when we set the initial operating plan for this fiscal year in place, this this past October. You know, we we as you know, for the past couple of months we've been on a monthly cycle, and then I, I think that's probably where where we'll stay as as we address mid year. We we may have you know go to a, a biweekly cadence again around you know the uh, end of March uh, as as we make our mid year assessments and then go monthly again until we get to the end of the fiscal year. As you walk through those meetings and, and you, you have them, what is the driving factor behind them, the discussions? Is it the business need? Does someone come to you and say, Dave, I saw this new shiny widget, let's get it. Walk me through maybe 
what some of those uh, discussions are like. It's absolutely always around business need. So at, at, as you can imagine, you know, the, at the SEC, pretty diverse uh, in, in terms of, you know, needs across the agency, both uh, internal to, to make sure that the commission has what it needs to do rulemaking and enforcement and exams. Uh, we, we also, you know, publish a lot of data or, or make a, a lot of data available to the public for them to make decisions. So, you know, again, a pretty diverse set of business needs that need, needs to be balanced uh, and, and prioritized, you know, across, across the commission. So, you know, those, the discussions that we have uh, at, the, at the CXO level are, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on that. And then, you know, what, what are the implications for the underlying services, you know, in, those, in, the, in the cost centers and the towers, uh, you know, from an infrastructure perspective, you know, what, what are those underlying needs there? And then balancing those against, uh, well, you know, what are the modernization requirements for, for, the, for the infrastructure? What are the compliance costs for, for, for the infrastructure as, as we deal with, you know, uh, an evolving compliance landscape, you know, you know from OMB? Uh, so that's, you know, th those are the, th those are exactly the discussions that, that, that we're having at that CXO level. I think it's important when you are talking with the CXO folks to have that kind of focus. What are the biggest challenges that you're running up against when you have those discussions? And, and I know the first one will probably be never enough money, but let's, if we move beyond that one. It's interesting you should say that, you know, lately the, you know, the conversation is, is actually never enough people. So it's not often just just a technology discussion. It's you know do do we have the the, the right people actually to manage uh, our investments and to operate our capabilities at the same time that we're trying to shift and be more res responsive to the business. So a couple of examples of that is you know we uh, you know from a commission perspective, just you know you know like a number of different agencies have been you know waterfall for you know a long period of time in terms of our application de de development methodology. You know, we, we are making the shift to Agile and, and DevOps. And, and what we found there is that, you know, some, sometimes that's a little bit more people intensive, you know, particularly if we're asking somebody to be a product owner or a product, you know, pr product manager, not project now, you know, product owner or project manager and run, and run an Agile team. We found we, we are more responsive to the business, absolutely, because the business is engaged every step of the way. But what we found is that it's, it, it's an what that means is, is that that's an increasing time commitment. So making sure we have all of the right people and, and the right spots now uh, is actually just as much a, a conversation item uh, as, as we manage our IT as a business, as it's actually dollar resources. So certainly the, the conversation that I'm having most often now is, yeah, do we have enough right skilled people in the right spots to, to be able to execute the way that we want? And it's a two two edged sword too. It's it's a combination of needing the the headcount in the agency to say we're going to hire five more people or ten more people, but it's also can we find them with the right skills and get them in? Because every other agency, every other tech business is saying, hey, we need a person who knows agile or DevSecOps or is a Scrum master. So you, yep. you're really there's two boulders you're really pushing uphill. That's right, and and that that's why we're partnering with you know that there's always this, this, the strategy of you know bringing people in absolutely, but there's also the strategy of well let's let's train and re, and reskill or give folks additional skills in those areas right so you know we, we can you know work to you know provide the necessary folks in in, in that way as well. So we we are partnered actually with you know we we have an SCC university. You know, we're we're partnered with in, in order to give people training training opportunities. 
Uh, and, and I'd also say, you know, in terms of those opportunities, particularly certainly focused on agile right now, you know, if you're a product owner running an agile team, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be in the IT shop, right? It, it's, it's maybe more important that, you know, the, the person that's leading that team and making those, those trade-off decisions actually is coming from the business. I, I you know, I, I call it the major minor issue, right? So we want, to, you know, from a product owner standpoint, uh, you know, particularly as we're working, you know, new, new development uh, ap applications, you know, we, we want somebody that's grounded in the business, understands, understands the business. And, you know, we can surround the person with, you know, folks that know, know IT, you know, to, to your point, the, you know, a, a scrum master, uh, somebody that's that's working to make sure that the you know the the developers are are crank, crank, cranking along. But what we're grappling with now, I think, as as is any other organization, is wow, you know, it's it's really now um, important to have that type of expertise uh, in the in the business units, uh, in addition to um, ha having that expertise in in the IT shop. And that's going to obviously lead to better decision making because they're going to understand both sides of the coin versus, well, this is, I don't really understand IT or I really don't understand the business side and then bad decisions potentially are made. Is that something that the business folks are happy to learn or, or the vice versa? Is that something that the IT folks are happy to learn that other side of the coin? Yeah, I, I think it's both. You know, the, the, the important thing is to, to give people the opportunities to, to, to get those skills and then opportunities to pra practice those skills. So it's, you know, my, my, my daughter actually just got her learner's permit. So it's kind of, the, 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 that's the analogy I have in my head. It's, you know, we, we have the learner's permit, right? So we ask somebody to take on that, you know, I'll use continue on the product owner theme here for a minute. We ask people to take on that role. We, you know, want to give them the skills to be successful, right? The grounding to be, you know, to, to be successful. And then it's a matter of experience. Uh, I, I would say that, that that's, it takes, you know, a special type of person that wants to, to take on those skills and, and learn by, by, by doing. And then the other challenge is that, that, that that's also an opportunity cost in, in terms of, well, they're, they're, they're not doing something else. And, and most often, if not all of the time, what, what they're not doing is, is, is also very important. So that trade-off of, well, yeah, as, as we talk about those opportunity costs is, is, is also something, you know, an, an active conversation that, that we're having with uh, our, our partners in, in, the, um, in the divisions and offices. Dave, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can continue our conversation. My guest today is Dave Bottom, the Chief Information Officer at the Securities and Exchange Commission. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Aptio on Federal News Network. Here's Gary Hicks, the Chief Technology Officer at Hitachi Vantara Federal on Digital Discovery, the future of maximizing your return on data, sponsored by Hitachi Vantara Federal. I think one of the things that we want to get to, and I think the federal space needs to get to, is collaboration and sharing of that data across agencies. And that's where that architecture that you put in place becomes even more important. So you have common standards between the different agencies. Listen to the entire discussion on Federal News Network. Search Hitachi Vantara Federal. Hitachi Vantara Federal is built to support your mission and vision. We empower federal agencies in the digital domains that matter most, the data center, tactical and strategic data operations, and digital transformation. We bring together an unmatched portfolio of edge-to-core-to-cloud infrastructure, AI, and analytics that enable our customers' digital missions and propel our nation forward. Let us accelerate your data journey from infrastructure to advanced analytics. Contact Hitachi Vantara Federal today at HitachiVantaraFederal.com. 
American Military University is recognized by the NSA as a national center of excellence for cyber defense education and proudly serves our nation's cybersecurity community. AMU is at the forefront of cyber education, offering online bachelor's and master's degrees and certificates designed for the modern cyber warrior and respected by area employers. Programs are affordable and classes are monthly to fit your life. Start today at amuonline.com. AMU is part of American Public University System, which is certified to operate by CHEV. Here's Lisa Shea Munt, the co-founder of the Pulse of GovCon on MarketChat, bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing. There's actually a really complicated and interwoven minefield of information that you have to navigate first in order to ensure that you are able to source, vet, and then bid on those contract opportunities. And that's why data is so important, because data is your guide through that minefield. Listen to the whole program on federalnewsnetwork.com. Search MarketChat. Government Marketing University is an innovative learning platform that applies a collaborative, community-based approach towards knowledge sharing and skills development in the field of public sector marketing. Experts from all corners of the U.S. public sector marketplace, marketers, thought leaders, government, media, and sales, are contributing their knowledge to this unique, content-rich platform. Government Marketing University offers training, research, certifications, mentoring, and community resources all in one place. Learn more at gmarku.com latest updates for the armed services and defense contractors. Get our DOD Reporter's Notebook. Subscribe at Federal News Network. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Aptio on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Dave Bottom, the Chief Information Officer at the Securities and Exchange Commission. Dave, in the last segment, you mentioned DevOps, you mentioned Agile, so let's go down that path briefly. One of the things about DevOps and, and, and Agile is really understanding the way you have to drive costs back to the business centers and programs, what role does DevOps, clouds, telework, all that play in that discussion about really driving the costs back into the businesses? We, we've actually had a concerted effort over the, the past year that I've been here, certainly, you know, going to continue that as we come in and into finish 21 and, and go into, into 22 about adopting cloud services. And, you know, we made a conscious decision in terms of how we were setting up our environment uh, to make sure that we had the right you know, accounting, cost tracking mechanisms in, in place. So as we're working with the divisions and offices in the SEC to migrate or build new applications that will be running in our cloud cloud environments, we, we can you know, directly track those costs uh, you know, back, back to those applications. It probably wouldn't surprise you to, to know that you know, in, in our on-prem environment, that is a shared shared service today, mostly because you know, we, we buy the hardwares and the, and the storage and servers. We have a virtualization layer that, that sits, sits on top of that. And, you know, we, we don't do a good job of tracking. Well, we don't have a way to do it right now. You know, application costs in terms of seg- segmenting the, that har- hardware and software that, 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 that we've bought that run, runs on-prem. Whereas we do now as, as we, you know, we move, move into cloud. So, you know, that, that's, you know, one example of a cloud service that's there. It's designed to do that, right, as, as we convert from CapEx to OpEx and making a conscious decision about how we're connecting our uh, cost tracking capabilities within the agency back, back to the CXO discussion with, you know, the capabilities that that cloud has, has built in that, that, that we're adopting. When you talk about the ability to track costs, currently on-prem, it's not just a matter of saying, well, 
division X of SEC uses this application that runs on this piece of hardware because division Y also runs on that piece of hardware and division Z also runs on that piece of hardware. And how much of that hardware do they use? Is it 10%, is it 20%, who knows? That's the challenge is the data is just not there for you to do that. Yeah, that's right. And and, and the incentive's not there necessarily either, right? I mean, if, if we've bought the hardware, you know, the, the idea, I, I, my, you know, the car analogy again works work, works for me. I've, I've bought, if I've bought the car, you know, I, I have every incentive to get as much, you know, use out of the car as possible. And then I'll, I'll, I'll recap it later. And that's the, you know, the idea here about, well, it's not as important to attract individual users of that hardware because I, it's, I'm looking to get as much use out of that as I can. I own the, I own the car. Uh, as we move to cloud and managed services, I, I actually have the reverse incentive. I, I, I don't want to use that resource because I'm, I'm paying by, by the drink. So, you know, I want to really understand what, what my drivers are for, for those OPEX costs, which are almost always application or, or well, they always are application and data related. So understanding that and then understanding, you know, what, what the, mission and business needs are of that application and, and data are critically are, are just critically important. See, this is why we also tell our kids to turn off the lights when they leave the room, because that's costing me money. Now, I don't know about your kids, but my teenagers laughed at me when I do that. So uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> always going behind them and turning the lights off. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the data piece since we, that came up. How is by moving to the cloud, by moving to a more DevSecOps environment, how's data driving the ability to identify and address those cost factors, i.e., how do you turn off the lights behind your business folks? It's both the, the logging cap, you know, capabilities that come with cloud today, and then setting up the right management structures actually to do do, do something with that data. So, uh, one new role actually, if, if if you know from from an IT perspective, is actually you know somebody that's that's looking at our costs on a on a day to day basis in, in, in our in our cloud environments. We have not had to do that We've before in an on-prem world, because uh, because the incentive there is well, I'm, I'm tracking you know re recap of an asset. So we've actually you know instantiated a new role to to keep track of those those costs on a day-to-day -day basis, and then work with um, you know you know our application and data owners, which are new or newish roles in 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 the agency. We've we've always had application owners. Um, but you know, now they have the responsibility for worrying, worrying about turning the lights off, right? So you know that that's a new you know back 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 to your analogy. It's a, it's a new skill that they were having to teach folks, right? What what is yes, it's important to turn the lights off, and here's why, because we don't want the want the big electric bill at 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 the end of the month. But it, but it's also making sure that you know we, we let folks know that yeah, you actually have to have to turn the lights off. That role you talk about, is it a, does it have a cool name? Is it like, you know, the, did you call that person the dad or the mom of, of cloud services, the, the, the banker? What's, what's, the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the cool name? Uh, that's, not, that, that, that's a great point. We should come up with a cool name. It's, uh, I, I think right, right, right now it's, it's cost manager. Maybe that's not, to, to your point though, we, we, we should come up with a much cooler name than that. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put that out as a contest for folks. So you, you, if you, you probably remember when we talked about vampire, a couple of years ago, there's a big move to, to address vampire electricity usage, you know, technology that's on all the time that's just sucking electricity. So maybe, uh, maybe they could be the um, anti-vampire, uh, 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 officer or something. Uh, Dave, <laughs> Dave, I want to, I want to go uh, talk a little bit more about 
talk about cost and understanding cost. And, and I got to bring up technology business management standards. There's been a big push yep. from the Office of Management and Budget over the last four, five, six years to, to really begin to use TBM to, to really identify cost drivers, connect business operational plans, IT costs. Where is the SEC in, in applying TBM? So, so A, I would say that you know, as we've applied the standards, what, what we get the most out of it is, 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 is that lexicon, right? So, you know, what, what does it mean to, in terms of application? How does that tie to, you know, what, what are the towers? How, how do the towers tie to, tie to the cost pools? Uh, so, you know, our CXOs that are partnered with us across the commission, you know, understand what the cost drivers are in terms of running uh, IT infrastructure on, on a day-to-day -day basis. So, you know, those, that lexicon, I, I think, is just critically important. And, and, the, and the way that we depict that, I, you know, I, I tend to, to like brief from pictures and then, uh, you know, understanding what, you know, how much we're spending in, in, in each of the sections. So, again, using the, the lexicon and the, and the view there and, and understanding what dollars we're spending in what area and why uh, is, is, very, is extremely useful in, in getting the point across to uh, our, our, our CXOs and, 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 and the SEC. You're, you're always going to get the question, right? And, and you want to make sure that uh, you're, you're sparking that conversation. If it's still, well, why does it cost so much? Which is, which is always an important question to ask. And we, we always need to be looking for, the, for those efficiencies. But you know, using TBM and the way that we've allocated our budget and the way that we show it, it make, makes that conversation e easier to have. When we start talking about connecting dollars to business and operational plans, does that also help the CXO community or help you make decisions? It's, it's almost like if we could do that, but here's the cost drivers behind it, or we could do this and here's the cost drivers behind that. Is that starting to drive that decision, the budgeting, planning and planning? It, it is and it does. So you know, understanding what our, to your, to your point, you know, what's, what's the total cost to, to do something is, is, an, is an important thing to flush out. Often, you know, we, when we, if, we, if we do not use, you know, uh, methodologies like what, what TBM bring, brings to the table, we wouldn't be able to get that total cost of, of, of ownership or the total cost of the decision because it, it's very easy to forget something. But have, having that linkage in place and, and making sure that we're asking the questions about if we, if we make a decision about a particular application or we want to bring in a new application or you know, we're making a decision about adding capacity. You know, we, we talked about people before, you know, do, do we need to add people or do we need to add a digital platform at the top of the, you know, at, at the top of the TBM architecture, um, understanding what those total costs are and dependencies and, and, and other areas really does help us make, I mean, not the right, you know, I mean, it's, it's always, you know, you, you want to make the right decision. But it, but in large part, it's also making the, the best informed decision. So you know, TBM from that perspective, I, I think is is very is very useful. I, I know some agencies are further ahead with TBM. Some are just kind of in that early stages. Where are you all with with the use of TBM? I'd characterize this as as as, as middle of the road. I mean, the the, the, the way that we have our budget uh, architected and, and segmented is is pretty much along uh, TBM standards. So I, I I think that's good. You know, our organizational structure, just to tie back to the, you know, tie back to the people part, you know, we are pretty functionally based with, within the IT organization. So, you know, working that connective tissue, you know, between, you know, understanding what the needs are of a digital platform against security and compliance, 
this is kind of where we're at right now and making sure that we we understand you know the the shared costs of something connecting it to you know particularly the things that are at the top of the stack what what's top of mind for me right now is security and compliance which which is i think should always be top of mind you know what 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 are the implications for that as we bring on additional platforms as we bring on additional cloud services so uh making sure that we're both doing our cost estimating and linking back to, to, to those cost estimates is, 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 is where we're at right now. So I, I'd say we're, we're, we're certainly in the middle of the pack. Dave, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can continue our conversation. My guest today is Dave Bottom, the Chief Information Officer at the Securities and Exchange Commission. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Aptio on Federal News Network. Agencies are under cyber attack. That's undeniable. To respond, you must have knowledge of who and what's on the network and reliable tools engineered for advanced persistent threat detection. That's why Fortinet is offering complimentary access to its endpoint detection and response solution, Forta EDR, proven to block zero-day attacks and provide deep visibility into application processes and data flows. Mitigate cyber risk to your agency today with free access to Forta EDR. Contact Fortinet Federal at Fortinet.com. At Maximus, we make complicated government programs simple. For 45 years, we've helped millions of Americans access vital programs that make families stronger, healthier, and more secure. And never has our work been more essential than right now, supporting the national COVID-19 response effort. To meet this challenge, Maximus has hired, trained, and deployed more than 6,000 work-from-home agents. We're working with the CDC and HHS, fielding thousands of calls and emails every day from people seeking answers and in need of testing, notifying people of their results, and providing related real-time geomapping to contact tracing. We're helping people obtain unemployment assistance benefits to provide for their families while they seek new jobs. Maximus, making a difference when it matters most. It's only human to be there when it matters, to lift up the ones we care about and help them move forward. At Chevron, we believe everyone should have access to heat and light and the energy that lets us all lead fuller lives. So last year, we invested billions of dollars bringing more affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner energy to America. We know we can't solve every energy challenge overnight, but it's only human to try. Chevron, the human energy company. Please join Luke McCormack on Tuesday, March 16th at noon for his monthly series, The Federal Executive Forum, proudly celebrating 16 years. This month's program will focus on data center and cloud optimization in government. The panel includes government leaders from the General Services Administration, the Department of Justice, and the Department of Homeland Security. Don't miss the Federal Executive Forum on Tuesday, March 16th at noon, right here on the Federal News Network, sponsored by Comvault, Enlight, and Nutanix. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Aptio on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Dave Bottom, the Chief Information Officer at the Securities and Exchange Commission. Dave, I want to jump forward. In the last segment, you talked a lot about TBM and the role of understanding the costs. Do you add capacity? Do you add digital platforms? What are the dependencies? How to make the best informed decision? One of the pieces to this discussion has got to be around, and you mentioned this early on, shared services, as well as working capital funds. I'm not sure if the SEC has a working capital fund per se, but walk me through how you're managing IT as a business 
through these, well, if you will, shared efforts to better capture the true cost of IT? We, we do not have a working capital funds in, in the SEC. So, you know, the, the dollars that we are, you know, managing are, are appropriated dollars. So uh, I, I think that's, I would, I would start there. You know, as we you know deal then with shared shared services, and, and you know this, and this is always an important conversation to have with the leadership across the agency. Is you know a, a shared service to me you know, is is a decision about well, what are you going to centralize and, and what are you not going to centralize? So it's the trade between being efficient and and being effective. You know, because often that's the trade that you're making. So, you know, networks is kind of the quintessential example of that. Um, you know, that that is a shared service. That's it's designed, you know, to be to to be a, a shared service, certainly right now. You need connectivity to your your cloud provider, you need connectivity to your on-prem data centers. So that's that that's a shared shared service. And it's also a, a unique skill set. So hard to uh, you know re replicate in, in, in the in the business units. As you creep creep up the stack, then you know we make you know decisions and other shared services. Uh, touch, touch on security and compliance. That's certainly a shared service because it's a skill set and it's something that you know doesn't make sense necessarily to to replicate in the business. So you know how, how we track the costs of that is, is is really well. Well, how much do we need need of that skill set? And then you know what's our capacity that we want. To have, let's say, on a on an on an annual basis, and that, that those those shared services become a, I'll say, a throttle, but they're, they're certainly a consideration for you know the things that we want to do, you know, either you know modernization efforts or maintenance efforts or or bringing things on new, you know, that those those do become constraints, if you will, that we have to understand. So it, it is a, certainly, I think, understanding the cost is important, but. From my perspective, also understanding what the capacity is of, of the shared service is also just as important. And if we need to add capacity, that, that that's certainly a cost. But where we're at right now, at least where, where, where I'm at, is really trying to understand what we can do to, to improve the capacity of, of our shared services with, with, without adding uh, cost necessarily. A lot of the shared services I think you're talking about is a lot of internal shared services. Are you looking external as well, whether for financial or HR? I know payroll, obviously, for the entire government is an external shared service. There's also the stuff from the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency. Yeah. CISA has some shared services that are, they're starting to put out there for security stuff. Does that also play into the discussion about total costs, sharing of costs, and who's paying for it? Yeah, it absolutely does, right? So, I mean, certainly at the macro level, you're you're absolutely right. The agency doesn't have have does not have its own timekeeping system. We 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 leverage another agency's shared shared service to do that. A lot of our financial services are are provided by another agency. So, you know, those you're you're absolutely right. You know, those decisions of you know, is, does it make sense for for the agency to maintain its own capability? Or leverage, you know, another department that has that capability and shares shares it out, it is is absolutely a consideration. And and you're absolutely right. I mean, we're gonna, uh, you know, particularly with the uh, QSMOs that uh, OMB put in, into place, uh, you know, that 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 trend I think is is certainly going to accelerate. And and you're right. I think to touch on, you know, CISA's role now as a shared shared service provider, you know, and, and that just just you know, touches on the point, you know, we were, we were on earlier about skill sets and, 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 and uh, you know, we, we want to make sure that we're building, you know, capacity in, in, in one area. And if we are, then, you know, sh sharing that out because, 
you know, skills sometimes are hard, particularly specialized skills are, 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 are hard to come by. Maybe it's too early. So, so if, if it is, obviously let us know, but does the use of TBM, does the use of understanding what the business costs are, what's driving the business costs, does that play into a decision around shared services? Security is probably the best example because you could go do a vulnerability disclosure platform on your own, but I could also buy it from CISA. And how, how do you kind of make that decision based on the business costs, based on other other capacity costs and, and other other considerations? I think we're, we're always going to look to not de- develop, right? That That's not necessarily the, 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 the first choice, right? You know, we're, we're always going to look to adopt some, somebody else's capability, particularly vulnerability platform area. I mean, we're, we're certainly users of the CDM dashboard. You know, so there, there are a lot of, you know, those capabilities that we want to adopt or leverage uh, as as the as the first choice, uh, you know that the, the second choice then is to is to buy, right? That's you know, a, adopt a managed service, if if you will, right, rather than to develop it on our own. However, if there is a is mission specific need where we do need to develop something, that that that's also the you know an, an option that we'll we'll go do, and we do. But you know we want to look at at those two other choices first. Dave, we've talked a lot about. How are you doing with budgeting and forecasting? How are you using data to drive those decisions? We're about a year into the pandemic. That threw a big old curveball into everybody's budgeting and forecasting, I'm sure. Walk me through how that pandemic really impacted your plans, the SEC's plans, to, to really get IT improved, changed, to add to it. What did you have to do differently over the last year? I guess I'd start where the, the SEC is actually a pretty remote workforce already. Uh, even pr- prior to the pandemic, if, if, if you think about a lot of the agency's work, either in examinations or enforcement, it's it's with the, the folks that we're we're examining. It's it's with in, in courtrooms. It's it's outside of the office. So luckily, you know, we luckily is a good term, but you know, we had the infrastructure in place to, to actually enable remote work. It, it certainly got more of a Workout, you know, it's uh, as 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 we've gone 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 throughout the year, but we've had the culture in place where people and the tools that 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 folks could use. So it was mostly, yeah, in, in that regard, it was actually just using it more, and certainly making adjustments in terms of you know how we culturally interact, do do knowledge management, bring people on board. Uh, so that's that that that's been the adjustments I think over this past year, adapting the you know the technology that we have. We're on, we're on Zoom right now. So how does that work when when you when you're onboarding? I I have a going to interview a potential new hire in a, in a little bit. We'll, we'll we'll be on you know video conferencing as well. So um, you know adapting I think has been you know the challenge over over the course year and, and making sure that technology people understand the technology and the tools that are available to them and, and are and are adapting and I, I have to tell you from from an SEC perspective you know people have been been wonderful about doing that uh, that said you know that it has changed our stance you know we've shifted a little bit I, I think as as everybody else has in terms of well you know, we had some cybersecurity things that we were looking to do that we've shifted now towards well let's, let's make sure our remote connectivity is that is as secure as, as we could possibly make it we, we had some plans to do you know recap of infrastructure uh, in uh, our offices whether they're out in the throughout the rest of the country or you know here, here in DC that 
well, maybe it, it doesn't make sense to do that, that, that those types of upgrades right now, we, we, we want to actually make sure that we're investing those dollars in you know, re remote work capabilities, cybersecurity capabilities, you know, knowing that folks are, are gonna be continuing to work remote for, for, for cer certainly for a while longer yet. And then probably, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be in the hybrid world where folks are gonna be working um, sometimes in the office, some, sometimes from home, but always in another location. So it sounds to me like you've had to maybe do some realignment of resources to meet different mission goals. As you said, remote working, cyber working. Where did the TBM, the data kind of play into those decisions? Or maybe you didn't because it was they were pretty straightforward decisions. You know, what we had to do was, was pretty clear. Going back to the point of and, and where the value of TBM is, you know, what, what are the investments that we need to make in, in areas all up and down the stack in, in order to make that happen, right? So for, for our purposes, you know, just <laughs> interestingly enough, right, going, going back to the network network example, you know, we, we found early on, as, as a lot of agencies did, we, we actually didn't have enough phone lines coming into our, our data centers, right? So, you know, people, you know, because our, our phone design was, you know, well, most people were calling out, they weren't calling in. To, to our on-prem capabilities, particularly as we got going with video conferencing, we had to change that. So, so we, we actually had to you know, enable an, an awful lot of uh, phone capacity to deal with that change, that, that change in usage pattern. There were investments we needed to make in, in other areas actually to make, to, 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 to make that happen. We, we talked about labor, uh, we talked about security and compliance, you know, we, we talked about uh, in, in the TBM cost pools where we have you know, servers and storage, understanding all of that and the investments and changes that you need to make in all of those areas to provide that mission capability, I, I think is, is, is certainly the value of TBM and then being able to communicate that back to the, the CXOs. Dave, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can continue our conversation. My guest today is Dave Bottom, the Chief Information Officer at the Securities and Exchange Commission. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Aptio on Federal News Network. News impacting feds and contractors, plus Mike Causey's unique perspective on pay, benefits, and retirement. Subscribe to the Morning Federal Report at Federal News Network. Here's Amber Hart, the co-founder of the Pulse of GovCon on Market Chat, bringing clarity to the clutter in government marketing. You're looking at not only the vendor side of the story, but the federal workforce side of the story. When you're looking at that kind of data for the people, it's not only who are the drivers and the deciders of these things, but who's your competition or who's your possible teammates? Listen to the whole program on federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Market Chat. Government Marketing University is an innovative learning platform that applies a collaborative, community-based approach towards knowledge sharing and skills development in the field of public sector marketing. Experts from all corners of the U.S. public sector marketplace, marketers, thought leaders, government, media, and sales, are contributing their knowledge to this unique, content-rich platform. Government Marketing University offers training, research, certifications, mentoring, and community resources all in one place. Learn more at gmarku.com. The future of identity, credential, and access management in government relies on ensuring only secure users and devices have access to your agency's critical applications and data. Security and IT modernization need to meet strict security and compliance requirements. Tune in Wednesday, March 17th at 12 noon to hear executives from the State Department, NASA, the Office of Management and Budget, and the Defense Manpower Data Center discuss strategies and thoughts on identity, credential, and access management in a diverse federal arena. Wednesday, March 17th at 12 noon. Sponsored by Duo Security. 
This is Mark Amtower. My show, Amtower Off Center, brings you the best and brightest minds in government sales, marketing, and business development who share insights to help you grow your business. How to make content marketing work for you, advice for channel players on how to win more government business, and the real scoop on selling from GWAX and IDIQs. Tune in Mondays at noon on Federal News Network or subscribe to Amtower Off Center on iTunes or Podcast One. When we need help, we turn to government. When government needs help, they turn to Federal News Network. Federal News Network, helping feds meet their mission. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Aptio on Federal News Network. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Dave Bottom, the Chief Information Officer at the Securities and Exchange Commission. We spent most of the show so far talking about costs and TBM and and how you're kind of managing the, the business side of it. I want to jump into some other things. What are some of your other priorities? What are some of the big goals you're trying to get done over the next six or nine months? Certainly making sure that the agency has it has the resources and the, and the capability that it needs to continue to be effective. You know, so a big, big push over, over the next, you know, six to nine months to certainly be able to leverage, you know, the, the data that the commission has, make sure that, you know, our you know, particularly when you're you know thinking about what's happening in the market today with GameStop, AMC, understanding you know what is actually happening, and then you know making the appropriate policy decisions from that is is certainly a focus for me. So steering right back to you know cloud and data analytics, you know putting that those capabilities into the hands of users so that they can better do do their jobs is you know certainly a focus you know over the six to nine months. So we'll be accelerating that area. We touched on remote work capabilities. So again, you know, you know, another reason to go to cloud is, you know, folks, you know, at least for the next couple of months here, you know, will be working out of their homes. So, you know, we want to make sure that they have the computing capacity needed because by and large, it won't, won't be on their laptop. So, and, that, and that's going to come from, you know, cloud services. So, yeah, that that's certainly going to be a focus over the six to nine months. Is 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 doing that is doing that faster. So that that's that's certainly the predominant one. Always with an eye towards, you know, it's certainly what's you know the issues of the day with respect to supply chain security, making sure that we have the right controls in place from a you know data integrity and data security standpoint uh, are, are certainly important. They're going to they're going to continue to be important. So that's you know certainly the the other focus area. And then, of course, you know, we, we always want to make sure that, that folks are able to do their, do their day-to-day jobs. So that, that's going to continue to be the third area. The fourth area, is, as, I, as I talked about, is a big focus on people. So you know, we talked earlier about adopting Agile, DevOps. You know, we want to make sure that uh, you know, we have the training capabilities in place for folks to be able to take advantage of that and to be able to uh, adopt new skills. So that's the other priority area certainly over the over the next six, six to nine months. All right, a couple of things to dig out from that. Let me start with the cloud data analytics piece because the SEC, as we know, as you know very well, is a big data agency. Everything you do is about the data. Currently, and maybe it's, give me maybe a percentage or, or some sort of way to quantify how much are you in the cloud already? How much do you expect to be in the cloud? And then we'll get to the data stuff. We are in the cloud today. I, you know, we, we absolutely have take advantage of a num- number of cloud cloud services today. That said, you know I, I think we're at the 20, 25%. If, if you look at, at our overall workload, 
uh, that that's in a managed service provider today. So that's that's where we are. Uh, over the next couple of years, you know, we, you know this this year, this past year, and, and what we're doing right now is, is is what I would call laying the foundation, both people, process, and tech technology to accelerate that. So we'll certainly be working that migration hard the rest of this year into next year by year three going going back to the you know three three year budget planning process we talked about you know i, I think you know we'll be in, in the 80 percent range with in the 20 percent we'll, we'll be on prem and, and and why is that you know for you know that there are capabilities that the sec has and needs to maintain that don't really make sense uh to have in, in an opex environment but for the most part uh, you know the agency's needs can be can be best met by uh, having capabilities that are uh, in, in, a, in an opex environment. And I think most agencies will agree the the hybrid approach is is going to be there for quite a long time, if not forever. So I think that's a good example of hey, if you can get eighty percent in the cloud and, and make life easier, that's that's a that's a pretty good accomplishment. Because the other piece of it is the data, right? You have, you're gonna have so much data, you're collecting so much data. You're gonna have more powerful tools to process that data. We could talk about artificial intelligence, machine learning, predictive analytics, all those things are better, it seems to be run in the cloud. So where are you today? I know years ago, I wanted to say, I spoke with the SEC CIO and the data warehouse, the data lake concept was big. Yep. I imagine you still have it, but are you adding tools on top of it? How are you making analysis easier for the non-data people, non-data scientist people? The data lake concept is 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 definitely still here. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, I you know when 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 you think about it, right? So, uh, you know whether we're making you know rulemaking you know decisions or whether we're doing examinations or enforcement uh, or doing economic analysis and and post and posting that you know and posting all of that either findings or or data for for, for, for the public. Um, having you know, internal to the SEC, having people to be able to access the same data um, makes 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 a, a lot of sense. Um, you know, we want to make sure that you know we we have the you know appropriate safeguards around that from a uh, you know mission use and, and certainly appropriate use part of that. But you know, a big part of that is is making data usable and and discoverable you know ac across the commission. So. You know, the, the, certainly the, the data lake uh, concept is, is is in full effect, and yes, and you know you will continue to have that enterprise data warehouse. That's the moniker for that uh, as that concept going forward. That that said, the, that enterprise data warehouse is going to live uh, in in a cloud environment because you know we, we have a need to be able to scale up and scale down. You know, de depending on what the um, you know uh, the issue of the day is. Uh, so. And, and I don't think to, to your earlier point, we, we are um, certainly going to always have, you know, more data. Uh, so, you know, ma making sure that, you know, we, we can store that data as, as cheaply as possible, yet, yet still access it, make makes sense from a cost perspective. So, um, yeah, that, that's, you know, you, you're certainly right about the data as being a, a key driver for, for our cloud strategy. And then the tools that will live on top of that or in the cloud, the the business intelligence type tools, the analytics tools. Are there certain ones you're saying, hey, we're going to look out for, or try to bring into the to the SEC in 2021 and beyond? I think you know that the tools that you know certainly things that that help the the you know various you know folks around around the agency understand uh, that the data and how the data connects you know to 
events is, is, is certainly going to be, you know, in, important for us. <clears throat> so, I'm, you know, so that's you know, certain, certainly one area. I, I think that, you know, tools that are, that are directly, as I talked about, related to um, managing a, a data warehouse, uh, certainly in our data, data pipeline, uh, to make that a more, uh, say, automated process in terms of, uh, you know, normalizing data as it comes in. And then you know doing those um, you know ETL extract transport load uh, tasks for the for the various um, departments that that are that are using data. You know we, we want to make sure that we're you know automating that pipeline you know, to the max extent that we can, and then uh, you know making sure that we're doing the right things from a security and compliance standpoint. So those are you know capabilities that we're certainly looking to invest in for the commission. We're always looking to, you know, invest in, in you know, analytic tools, um, you know, in terms of understanding. Again, helping, you know, our, our whether enforcements or exams or DEER, which is our research arm, uh, you know, understand, you know, the data that that's coming in and and help them to make this, you know, make decisions. I, that, you know, we're we're always on the on the on the lookout for those for those types of capabilities. Dave, I see we're just about out of time before I let you go. Just got to ask the question. A lot of vendors are going to listen to this and want to know how they can help you. What, what's the one recommendation you'd have for vendors in terms of how to work with your office? Yeah, give me a call. Um, you know, the, <laughs> now you've opened yourself up, but okay. <laughs> I've opened myself. I've, I've, I've opened myself up, but the you know we we do have quite you know our uh, you know primary vehicle for services is is what we call our 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 one one, one IT. IDIQ, so that's our kind of our you know main mechanism for bringing services you know to 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 the SEC. Uh, you know we, we do have uh, you know, our our office of acquisitions does sponsor you know a number of uh, in, industry engagements. So you know certainly always willing certainly willing to sit down with uh, you know with with folks that that have uh, have, have ideas in terms of how to how to make the SEC more successful. All right, well, very good. Dave, this has been a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate your time. So let me thank my guest, Dave Bottom, the Chief Information Officer at the Securities and Exchange Commission. Dave, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks, Jason. It was, it was great talking with you this morning. I'm Jason Miller, and you've been listening to Ask the CIO, sponsored by Aptio on Federal News Network. You've been listening to Ask the Chief Information Officer on Federal News Network. Tune in Thursday mornings at 10 or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.